Okay, if you want to make your way back to your seats, I'm glad you're having a good time, though. I guess one of these Sundays we're going to have to surprise you with a buffet. So we'll act like it's church and then we'll just eat. <laughs> I don't mind. I might not get them back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I lost him, I'm telling you. Okay, I'm going to start without you. No big deal. You can sit down whenever you're ready. Wow, you guys had plenty of coffee this morning. It's pretty good. I love to see that energy. That's outstanding. Okay, we're about to drop, drop, jump back into our series. So simple. This is our second message. I told you last week that the first two messages basically covered the, the foundation for what you need to build your Christian life on. You get these two things right, and your life is going to grow. You can get a lot wrong if you get these two things right. Last week we talked about the Bible and how important the Bible is. And by the way, Hebrews 4 is my basis for uh, this, these first two messages. And today we're talking about the hotline. Basically we're going to be talking about prayer and how important prayer is. Prayer is like breathing for a Christian. Prayer is like breathing. And I know a lot of people struggle with prayer. And I've had my struggles with prayer. And I still have certain kinds of struggles with prayer. But it, it's just something we have to learn to pray. Because when you learn to pray, when you learn to pray, you change your life. You change the world around you. Once you begin to really get excited about praying. That's really hard for a, a lot of folks with different evangelical backgrounds or other, even other kinds of backgrounds is to get excited about praying. Well, I guess we should pray. And we treat prayer like bookends. Well, we start with prayer and we end with prayer. But in the middle of that, we don't ever really engage with God. You know? And so today I want to talk about how important it is to pray. I want to remind you of something Jesus said. Jesus said this in Luke 18. He said, one day... Jesus told his disciples, Jesus told his disciples, are you a disciple of Jesus? Anyone else in the room a disciple of Jesus? I'd like to get them all covered. All right. All right. I just want to just see. And if you're not, if you're still working toward that, I get it. We're, we're, we want to help you with that, not make you feel bad. But if you're a disciple of Jesus, this is what Jesus says. He taught the disciples a story to show them that they should always, say always, always. pray. Say pray. And never, say never, give up. Wow. Always pray and never give up. Disciples always pray and never give up. That's what Jesus was trying to teach them. And that's what he's trying to teach you and me. Our reliance on our self-effort and what we can do is too great. So we have to learn to pray. Prayer is so powerful. There is so much we don't know. Right? Isn't that true? I mean, on any given day, you wake up in the morning, you think you have a grip on your life, your coffee maker doesn't work, and bang, your rest of the day shot. I mean, just that one little thing, you know? I mean, it's a major thing, actually, but I mean, you know, it's a little thing. My point is there's so much that we don't know in life, and, and it, there's so much we don't know, we don't even know what we don't know. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? Just, just, yes. Okay, Miss Linda has got it memorized. No, I'm just kidding. Here's a book. I call it the picture book of eternity. Because it presents all these images with dragons, angels, 
demons, elders, bizarre creatures, uh, a, a prostitute who's weird in every way, beasts. You, I, I read Revelation, and this is what I believe when I read Revelation. I believe what John is doing is John is getting a look at all of time from eternity itself. And he's trying to capture in words, human words, things that he's seeing that are heavenly divine things. So I tell you that to say this. Revelation is what's really going on. In the world around you, that's what's really happening. We, we walk through life thinking, oh, everything's okay. It's generally a peaceful life and just a few bad things happen here or there. Wrong. That's not how this works. You're in a world that's broken, that's corrupt, that's violent, that's opposed to you personally. And you're not just trying to find a way to get over the setbacks in a peaceful life. You're trying to find a way to find peace in a world that is spiritually and supernaturally at war with itself. So you're walking through a, a war, a land that's war-torn trying to, to make, make your way. And because of that, there's so much we don't know. And yet we still have incredible confidence in ourselves. We still think that we know enough. That like we, even though we, of all of God's creations and all of eternity, of all the intelligent beings, mankind is the most ignorant. Let that soak. I'm serious. Of intelligent beings and all, all that God's created, we know the least about what's going on. Why do you think God said? Through the writer of Hebrews, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God that we'll receive mercy and we will find help to, a grace to help us when we need it most. God wants us to come to Him. He has the answer. He's the cure for our eternal ignorance. And that's why prayer is so important. The day I can wake up and go, you know, I'm kind of clueless. I really don't know what's going on, but my Father does. My Father knows. That, that's when you'll realize how important it is for prayer to be a big, big part of your life. Because prayer is all about humility. Prayer is about bowing the head and acknowledging that your Father is God. And Jesus is your Lord. And the Holy Spirit is your advocate. Advocate means like your helper, your encourager. That's what you need. You see, God's never about our pride. God doesn't like pride. He has a lot to say about our pride and none of it good. And so prayer is something that we step into and we, lo we determine, we decide, and we say, God, I need. I need. I think that's really hard to say. I don't, I don't think that's something we want to acknowledge. I don't need. I take care of myself. I'm a self-made man. That shows you the, the power of poor workmanship. <laughs> Raise myself up in my own bootstraps. I can do this. But prayer says, you know, I don't actually know everything I need to know. I, I, I have needs. What I do know, I can't honestly say that I even fully understand what I do know. Because of there's so much that I, I don't know. In fact, I can't even pray well on my own. I really need God to help me pray. I need the Holy Spirit to do it for me. I need a helper, which is why God sent one. 
the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Still with me? So if we're ever going to change our world, change your world, personally and larger, you got to start with prayer. Last week I talked about scripture and prayer, and I said, listen, I have to talk about one thing at a time. You know, there's still 50-minute messages, even if I talk about one. So you can imagine if I just covered all six of these in one message, how fun I, much fun I would have, <laughs> and maybe you, not so much. But I think prayer and scripture, because, because the early Christians didn't have a Bible. I mean, for really 1,400 years, access to the Bible was rare. And so you had that long that you had Christians that didn't even have a Bible, but they did have prayer. So how did Christianity survive without a Bible? It survived through prayer. And so you may not understand the Bible, you may struggle with it, but I'm telling you, prayer can take you to a higher place. Prayer is critical to your spiritual growth. It's just critically important that we learn to pray and that we not just learn to pray, but they're willing to pray poorly and even foolishly until we can pray well. Prayer is one of those things that we have to be willing to commit to do until we know what we're doing. Does that make sense? And so what, what is, what is pray? So Back, not long after I began uh, my ministry, I was ordained in 1994. That was a long time ago, I know. Um, And God really moved in our lives about small groups and leadership development. So I remember, I will never forget our very first small group. Of course, we had done Sunday schools and things like that, but we wanted something with more closeness, more intimacy, and we had been learning some things. So I'll never, I'll never forget our very first small group. Um, I, I, I contacted like, I can't even remember how many couples and asked them to be a part of our group. This was before small groups were a thing. I mean, cell groups were going on, but it was still in Korea, hadn't even made it here yet. But um, so I'll never forget that group. Our very first night, because I'm green and have no idea what I'm doing to this day, uh, I have this group of people in our living room, and, and we're excited, you know, and we're talking about scriptures, and we're getting ready to get done. And I look at everyone and say, okay, guys, here's what I want to do. Tonight, I want everyone to pray. You could have heard a pen drop. Because you know how people are, well, listen, listen, Michael, I pray, but not in front of people, okay? All right. Hey, you know every time you pray, you're praying in front of the entire host of heaven, right? It's no big deal, right? Okay? So just chill. It's all good. All right? You're like, that's not comforting at all. I know, that's why I did it. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I asked everyone to pray. There was, a, there was a, a young woman in our group. Her and her husband were there, Jeff and Ginger Tarpley. Amazing couple. Jeff had been captured by addiction, addiction had lost many battles, and was starting to win again. And we, we, when I looked over the group, the most terrified face in the crowd, and they were all pretty scared, but the most terrified face was ginger and i looked at her and i said ginger it's okay just say anything you want to any sentence at all one word i don't care we're just gonna pray so we started praying and i can't remember if it was christy or i who started but we started praying around the group and we got the ginger and this person who i thought well this will be quick we'll get a one word prayer lord help us and (laughs) off we go i promise you heaven fell the second that woman opened her mouth. The trials of her life 
that she and Jeff had gone through. She was a prayer warrior and no one knew. And I'm telling you, when she prayed, everything in that room changed. So I, I, uh, I don't make assumptions about people's prayer lives anymore. <laughs> Ginger, uh, Jeff is today has won a lot more battles with addiction than he's lost. He's leading a uh, Celebrate Recovery group in the church that we used to pastor today. And I, I love Jeff. He's a great man. But I credit Ginger because of her prayer life behind that husband. Guys, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. We need to get that through our hearts and into our minds and, and into our very being. So why should we pray? We should pray because it's hard. We should pray because it's hard. Jesus said in Matthew 26, Then he returned to the disciples, found them asleep, and he said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I love Peter. Peter encourages me. Because Peter screwed up a lot. He made a lot of mistakes. And here's one of them. Here's Peter. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. They're kind of his inner circle. And he's going to pray in the, gar- in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to the cross. And he takes these guys and he says, guys, you got to pray. You gotta pr- I need you to pray with me. I need you for the next hour. Let's, I want you over here praying. And when Jesus comes back, they're napping. Some of the best sleep I've ever gotten was during my prayer times. <laughs> it's like the devil will show up and put you to sleep when you start praying. And Jesus himself said, the, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I have, this, I have these crazy thoughts sometimes, and this is one of them. I wonder how Peter's next 48 hours would have been if he'd have been able to stay awake in prayer. And, um, you know, Jesus, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to, okay, yeah. Jesus came, I always do that, so don't, don't worry. We'll both be confused in any moment. <laughs> Jesus said to Peter at one point, he said, you know, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. I bet that wasn't comforting. I mean, my first thought would be, the devil knows my name. The prince of darkness knows me, which it's really an accolade. I mean, that's really awesome, but it's a little scary. But what do you think Peter felt when Jesus said to him, Hey, Peter, Satan, the prince of darkness, he he wants to sift you like weak, but I've prayed for you. Now, here's the thing about that story about Peter. You would think the next 48 hours of his life would have gone a tad differently. Because because Jesus prayed for him. And, and you would think, okay, Jesus is praying for him. Peter's about to step out into chaos and kick some butt. Uh, can I say that, But Okay. Booty. I don't know. <laughs> that is not what happened. Peter got leveled. But Jesus prayed for him. Peter made every mistake he could have made. But Jesus prayed for him. And the great story, the great, the, the most powerful, most encouraging part of Peter's story is not that Peter overcame, but that he failed and he was so completely restored that he preaches the Pentecost sermon. How's that for forgiven by Jesus? You see what I mean? And so 
Prayer is, it is definitely hard. Even Jesus admitted them as hard. It's hard to focus in prayer. And this is, I think this is, well, I have two reasons why it's hard to pray. I, to me, this is the hardest. To just, mm, I, don't know, I, I don't know how your echo chamber's doing, but mine's full of a lot of junk up here. News, podcasts, uh, people's voices. All kinds of things are rolling around his head. And so to get a time where I can just mm, push that out and just focus on Papa, walk into the throne room. I, I, believe, I believe that's why God gave us a mind, an intellect, and an imagination. I believe our imagination is supposed to be redeemed and used for God's glory. And so, I think focus is really difficult. John, in Revelation, I referenced it earlier, chapter 1, we find out that the precursor to John's vision was that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He was in, what does it mean to be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day? Well, from a fleshly perspective, from, from the, the, the perspective of the clock that's on your wrist or wall, it means that, that John was thinking and focused on Holy Spirit, the Father, and the, the Son. And so he was thinking about God on the Lord's Day. He was obsessed with, he was filling his mind and considering the stuff he knew about God. And if you read first, second, especially First John, you'll see that John knew a lot about Jesus and had a lot of things to think about Jesus. Simply put, John was focused. It's hard to focus, but that's what makes prayer hard, and that, but that is what makes it, you really engage in it, is when you focus. Why? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 that our God is a consuming fire. I mean, Hebrews 10. Our God is a consuming fire. So, you can't, you can't have this, uh, this prayer. We got any? Okay, don't, don't crowd the scene. I think it's Gail. Yeah. Give him a little room. Well, maybe it is Dave. It's okay, brother. Can I slip in? Thanks. You got a call in? Yeah. Let's pray. Father God, I lift up Brother Dave right now in Jesus' name. I don't know what this assault is, but I ask you, Lord God, to stop it in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to heal Brother Dave in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, right now that the enemy's distraction would become God's glory in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Breathe deep, Brother Dave. Thanks, worship team. So we were talking about how hard it is to focus. <laughs> and we were about to talk about how that one of the reasons it's hard is because it's also a battle. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you just saw. Yeah. I'm telling you, the enemy does not want you to learn to pray. Right. He does not want you to learn that you have authority to step into any situation and pray as I just prayed, which was a very simple prayer, which is 
God has authority here, not the enemy. You, you understand? And, and, and also, just how God... And, and you see in that instance just a beautiful, beautiful combination of prayer and action. Because we had these wonderful emergency people around, nurses, that stepped in, and you have people praying, and you have people working. This is how this works. There is a supernatural and a natural, and they're related. Everything that happens in the natural starts in the supernatural. You have to remember this. If it happens on earth, it started in heaven. It either started in the courtrooms or as an edict from the throne or through the prayers of someone who was banging on the doors of heaven saying, God, I need something. Do you understand? This is why we must learn to pray. Yes, prayer is hard. Yes, it's hard to focus. Yes, it's hard to find time. Yes, your schedule is full. Yes, you have children banging on the bathroom door and you can't even get some peace. But we must make time to pray because earthly realities are born in heaven. And we must learn to go to the throne room of God to start changing things in our lives. Does that make sense? This is what we must do because things like this happen all the time. Today it was right in the middle of a church. Praise God because we can worship. God inhabits the praises of His people. That's why we ask. That's why we started singing. Because when we praise, God is present. We know that. We also know that where two or three are gathered in His name, God is present. And in those moments, we ask for the things we need. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes, prayer is hard, but is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to pray for a day and not get an answer? Is it worth it to pray for a week, a month, a year, a decade? Why? I've abandoned my notes. It'll be okay. Why? Because God is good. Yes. All the time. Do you hear me? God is good. And by the way, I'm going to rant just for a second. I am so sick of God being on trial for the difficulties that the devil's doing in the world today. I'm over it, okay? God is good. And so when I pray, do you know what God's up to? Good. God is up to good. When I have a crisis, what is God up to? He's up to good. What happened this morning, God is using right now for good. Holy Spirit is using that for good. But here's the thing. Sometimes what's the absolute best for me in my world is not on my prayer list. It's not what I'm asking God to do. Because here's the kind of stuff I'm asking God to do. Hey God, I need money. I need health. And I need my wife to not kill me in my sleep. Those are the three things I need. And I know you're sitting there going, Christy would not kill him. You do not know her. She was a do before she was a mainer. I'm just kidding. I mean, if she did kill me, you would never know. I would just turn to missing. Anyway, she has a, gar- she has a garden now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you, are praying and it, when you are praying and it looks like God is not answering, it's because God is working myriads of things for good. Not just your thing. 
He's not just trying to make your life good. God is making your family's life good. He's making your community's life good. He is bringing as much good into this world that can be brought into this world that is corrupt, that hates Him, that rejects Him, and yet He is still reigning good into this world. Does that make sense? So that's why we pray. We pray because I know, one, of all the created intelligent beings, I am most ignorant. I need to know things I cannot know. My Father knows all, and my Father is good. So learning to pray is learning to, is learning to not exert my will upon God, but learning to pray for God's will to come into my life and into my world. Because out of that, God is going to work out so much good. And you know what? I Alright. I muted my own mic. My wife wishes she could mute my mic. I'm just teasing. I don't know why I'm picking on you today. I love you. I love you. I love it like when she does announcements and that Kentucky twang comes out, I get all reminiscent of my high school. I get all Twitter pated. I love you. The devil doesn't want you to pray because he knows when you pray, you're releasing God's goodness into your life. And if you can pray with patience and you can pray with focus and you can remember that prayer is a battle in a world that's at war. Your enemy isn't just fighting you. He's fighting God's answers to you. Look at Daniel. Look at the book of Daniel. He prays for 21 days for God to send an answer. It took 21 days not for God to send an answer. God sent the answer immediately. It took 21 days for the angel to get through the demonic horde that was trying to stop Daniel's answer to prayer. And so we must know this, that our God is good. He's working all the good that is possible in this life through us. So we must pray. Pray, pray, pray. God's, God's really been teaching me about ecclesia, which is, uh, ecclesia is the word Jesus used when he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. And that word is a, he borrowed, used from the Greek world. Ecclesia didn't mean building. Ecclesia didn't, didn't even mean church. Ecclesia meant a ruling council. Ecclesia was a group of people in a community that met regularly and made decisions for war, political decisions, all these kind of things. And so there are several other things that there's another sermon that you'll get to hear later this year. But the point is this. We are here to be the ecclesia, to supernaturally and spiritually rule in this community in the same way that Jesus did. Now, this is where I think modern Christians are getting goofed up on ecclesia. They think they're supposed to go out there and tell everyone else what to do. And they're supposed to rule over them and lord that authority over them, and I think that's incorrect. And here's why. Because of Jesus. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, walks on this earth. Does He, does he come by way of a throne? Does He ride a chariot anywhere? Does he, do we see him dressed in king regalia at any point? No. Here's what we see him do. We see him walking among the lepers who no one would touch. We see him having conversations with women of ill repute that no one else would talk to. 
We, we see Him working among the masses of sick people that other people will avoid because they don't want to get sick. This is the, we see Jesus serving the least of these. Not just serving, but among them. They're His friends. Have you looked at His disciples? None of them were like awesome, rich, powerful dudes. And so, you look at Jesus and you see that how Jesus was ecclesia was by serving. By washing feet. And look what happened. It gave Him, it gave him influence with Roman officials. It gave Him influence with rulers of the Sanhedrin. And it gave Him influence with the people in general. And Jesus changed the world through serving and loving and sacrificing and sacrificing and persevering. Two words that we do not like in American Christianity today. Our job and it begins and is founded on prayer, is to begin to go to battle in the spiritual places, to walk in the Spirit, to release the goodness of God in a world that is desperate for Him and yet still hates Him. Does that make sense? So what I'm, this sermon is intent to stir up warriors. That's my desire. That's where I'm, I intend to stir up some trouble over the next year in the supernatural, which will likely stir up some trouble in the natural, but that's another issue. Okay? I want to see men, women, and children. I know I've said this before. I'm saying it again. There is no junior Holy Spirit. All right? These kids are way more powerful than you know. The Bible tells us that to, Paul wrote to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. We need to realize the same God that inhabits you inhabits them. God can do great things through children. And so we need to understand that we are here to, to save this city. <laughs> Michael, you have a Messiah complex. No, I have a Messiah. Amen. And, and his job is to save. That's what he has us here to do. Believe me, I would rather just get saved and vanish, go straight to heaven. It would look weird. No one would come to church, but still, it would be cool. We're here, though, to, to, to bring that same message and to establish that same kingdom of Jesus in this place. So, learn to pray. So let's bow our heads for a second, if I get the worship team up. Um, you know, I've already got to pray for my dear friend Dave. I borrow stuff from him all the time. He's a when you see someone you know really well struggling like that, that's not really easy to do. And, uh, but it was great to see his color come back and him start to respond. So that was awesome. But there might be other prayer needs in the room. There might be other things in this room. Let's bow our heads for a second. There might be, maybe it's you. Maybe you need a miracle. I, I don't, it could be anything. How about I don't even list it? I don't want, to li- I don't want you to think, well, if he, if he says mine, I'll get prayer. No, how about this? I just said yours. Let's get prayer. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to worship because God inhabits the prayers of his people. And I'm going to stand up at front. I'm going to ask Miss Linda to join me. Christy, if you'd help me out. I'm just going to have a few people around. If you need prayer, I know normally we go off to the side, but uh, we all need to work on praying. So 
I may actually shout out to you and ask you to join me in prayer on something. Father God, I pray right now for any life in this room that needs prayer that they'll have the courage to get it. And it wouldn't be weird at all, but it would be ready to receive from a good, good Father. And I pray, God, that you would help us through the remainder of this worship to rap on the doors of the throne room and release the goodness of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's stand. Pastor Steve, I'm ready to pray for somebody. Come to me. <laughs> Linda's ready too. I really feel like the devil lost this morning. I really do. I just Amen. feels like the So I want you to do something. Here's your assignment. I hope you did okay on your assignment last week. I meant to like send you emails and annoy you, but I never got around to it. Uh, your assignment is to get somebody else's name tag. Not tear it, but get it. And pray for them this week. Stick it on something, your bulletin or something. Take it home. And just pray for them this week and just ask God to tell you what to pray for. That's your assignment. I'm going to close some prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus and because of the authority that's in him, I release upon this body and everyone who's part of it at this moment the spirit of prayer. I release in the spirit as a way of starting and ending and walking through each day. And Lord God, I ask that in this place, the enemy would know that when he attacks, we're going to pray. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have an amazing week.